morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Tuesday, June the 22nd, and we gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God, and the Holy Spirit helps us put on our Christ goggles as we study 2 Kings chapter 15. It is almost like a runaway train. You see uh, a second Jeroboam, and then he reigned, and all these kings after kings, Ahaziah, uh, Zechariah, Shalom, uh, Manahem, Pekahiah, Pekah, and Jotham reminds me of the old song, signs, signs, everywhere are signs, kings, kings, everywhere are kings, blocking out the Lord and breaking our mind, I think is a good way to put it. What does this all mean, and how does this point us to Jesus? We'll find out today. The gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word, we have with us regular guest, Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics and uh, ready to plan a KFUO lunch at Hogan Brothers in Northfield, Minnesota, coming up here soon. Pastor Lekomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Yeah, yeah, good to be back. And, I, you know, uh, maybe you want to rush down to Northfield today if you're in the area because they're having <laughs> kale soup at James Gang's Coffee. So, Oh, my goodness, kale <laughs> soup. I don't know why anybody would eat kale soup, but it's here <laughs> if you want it. I won't be there, though, by the way. So <laughs> I tell you, I tell you what, we, we will have to um, uh, make the official announcement of the time we'll gather. And, it's you know, if you come, you come. If you don't come, you don't come when we get together. Yeah in Northfield, Minnesota. But right now, we're going on vacation tomorrow, so I'll be gone for a week. Obviously, Dice Wrong Work continues on, but we're not going to be in Minnesota, so this is not going to work um, uh, here anytime really soon. But what's going on for you, Pastor Lekomsky? No, we're doing fine. It's kind of strange. I'm actually stuck away in in the guest bedroom right now using a borrowed computer because they're putting carpet in our uh, house today. So my r- usual computer and recording area will have hammering and stuff like that going on. So <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. We're, we're, we're making do. We're making do with an iPad, and I'm kind of crunched over a bench <laughs> trying to talk to you in the <laughs> microphone. But we'll, we'll get through. We'll get through the show. So Well, now, yeah. now we have a visual of this, and that's, uh, well, hopefully we can get that out of our minds so we can <laughs> go back to the Word of God, but that's good. Hopefully your back is in good shape by the time we are done with this today. Um, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well, it's not much different Not much different than what we do with wrestling with the basics, because when we were doing it in studio, we were in the janitor's closet there at <laughs> KFU in St. Louis. So it, it kind of brings back memories of those days. Yeah. Uh, oh, the good old days when everything the good old so days. well. Yeah, 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 the good old days. Well, good. Pastor, can you begin us in prayer this morning? Oh, Lord. We, uh, boy, oh, Lord. I, well, every time we come to the Scripture, we need the help of your Holy Spirit. It's our foolishness to think that we could understand the things of the Spirit by our own flesh. But particularly, uh, please give Brady and me uh, your blessing and the blessing to our listeners that they would have ears to hear. Because this is a difficult passage, and it's hard for us to see what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with Jesus? But we pray that uh, you will guide us into the insights and the knowledge and and uh, the faith that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Reminder to our listeners, if you have any questions this morning, and we do need the Holy Spirit's help, because this is... 
a very important piece of Holy Scripture in 2 Kings chapter 15, but also something we have to keep our eyes on the right price. So if you have any questions to throw at us this morning or any comments, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or or call us at 1-800-730-2727, 1-800-730-2727. Pastor, we come upon uh, 2 Kings chapter 15, obviously in context, and I, you know, I have a few thoughts on on how I would look at this text and help us out. But what are your thoughts, uh, background or other information well, to help us out? Well, I, I tell you what here, Brady, actually, let's do it a little different today. Because, yeah. see, you do have the benefit of context that I don't have. So so in context, what, what are the things that you see here? And then we'll go from there. Ah, nice. Well, I would see this as kind of uh, the beginning of the runaway train. Um, okay, where. Yeah. That you have the kings of Israel, you have Judah still kind of holding on, but you kind of, you know, you have this uh, situation at the beginning where you're like, wait a second, what's going on? Um, why is he, why is Azariah um, getting a disease? But then you see Israel just go, 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 go. And it's getting shorter, the reigns are shorter, the situations are worse, and then it comes to a head, obviously, in the next few chapters of basically the end of Israel and brought into the deportation. So I just see this as the beginning of that train getting off the tracks almost, or not running off the tracks, but the brakes are not working anymore, and they're going downhill, and who knows what the end will be. That's kind of the beginning of how I would look at it. Yeah, and it's kind of like they've, they've, they've gone over the tipping point, haven't they? Mm-hmm, you know, right. up to this point, they were kind of holding their own. They weren't doing very good in Israel. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, 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 I think that that runaway train, that's a, a beautiful analogy because it's just out of control. Uh, uh, well, well, we'll see more of that as we start reading some of the individual <laughs> stories. But, uh, yeah, I think true. that's a good good way of doing it. Yeah. Oh. Now, here's I want to ask this of you because you've mentioned this a few times and – I have to have to admit that there's a lot of things when I look at first, second Kings and first, second Chronicles that I, you know, I'm so focused on first, second Kings. And you've mentioned there's a distinction of when first, second Kings was written and when first, second Chronicles was written. And I wanted you to try to clarify that a little bit because you brought it up and I think you've said it well. But of course, I take a long time to learn these things. So how would you make that distinction of those two of these four books, I guess you would say? There seems to be a distinction of when they were written and why they were written. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, and and, and it's really you really need to know that. Uh, because, see, unfortunately, in the English Bible, these come back to back, and it's almost like, okay, we've just got two different sets of history books here, Kings and Chronicles. Uh, mm-hmm. But but when it was laid out in, in the Jewish Scripture, uh, you've got Kings as part of the history section there, but Chronicles comes at the end. Chronicles is the very last book you would have read before Jesus Christ comes. Um, mm. And and so, so here's the difference. Kings is being written to people who are still in exile. Uh, they're 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 still off in Babylon, and, and they don't have a lot of hope. You know, well, how could they have hope, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and kings is trying to say, okay, what do you do in, in a hopeless situation? Well, you need to repent. You need to reflect on your history. You need to reflect why you're here. And we're going to see that very dramatically in today's chapter, as indeed you see every chapter, that there's a reason why you're in exile, because you have not <laughs> been faithful to the covenant God gave you. Uh, Chronicles, on the other hand, is a totally different group of people because they are back. God has restored them miraculously. Uh, a pagan king not only sets them free from their their uh, uh, slavery, 
but he actually commands them and pays for them to rebuild the temple. Uh, but they got a whole different set of problems. And so Chronicles addresses them, those who have been restored, but, but gives the message, where do we go from here? Okay, now you know God's merciful. You've seen that. But where do, where do we go from here? Uh, and, of course, as Christians, we understand what Chronicles is pointing to. It's the arrival of the one thing they don't have. See, they've got a temple. They, they have a kingdom of sorts, but they don't have a king. That, that's the problem. They're still being ruled by these foreign powers. And, of course, as Christians, we know, oh, that's what they're lacking is the, the fulfillment of the prophecy of the son of David. Right, a king in the line of David, which of course is Jesus Christ. Um, but thank you for letting me mention that. And so I think I think Kings is a tragedy, as we've talked about. It, it's just yep. going to have a bad end. We know it's going to. We're there. We're at the bad end. We're just trying to wrestle with why. Uh, whereas in Chronicles, it's like, well, where do we go from here? Because we've got some things, but we still don't have our kingdom back. Um, that is, that is great, uh, Pastor Lukomsky, because when we look at this, it can get incredibly confusing. And one of the common common uh, um, situations that I've come across when talking to fellow pastors, one, uh, it's good for our listeners to know that there's a lot of pastors who are terrified to start studying First and Second Kings because we just usually don't. I mean, we don't have an lectionary. Yeah, no. We don't typically run through First Second Kings by by the time you get through halfway through First Kings. People have zoned out if you try to do it on Sunday morning or something. Um, if you have reading plan, you just plow through it real quickly. And it's not that pastors don't like this. And all of our pastors are so faithful and they and they love the word of God and they're digging in. But they have to do a little more work because first, second Kings was not first on the list of what we study. And so it's been a really <laughs> uh, joyous time for us to be able to really dig into something we don't normally and very humbling because at the same time we see that runaway train is that we hear that words of repentance over and over again. I don't think I've said the word repentance more this past month than ever before because it is such a common theme. And so I wanted to think about that in repentance and, and talking about that and, and how this looks for then and looking for today as we look at our text today. Any first thoughts on, on the theme of repentance and how we look at it? Well, I, I, you know, you, you, you use the term, put on your Jesus goggles, and I just, I just love that, because <laughs> that's how you got to read the Bible. And, and in this particular instance, the goggles are pretty much fogged up, <laughs> okay? I don't know if we need to clean them or, or what, you know, it's, uh, in Minnesota, you go out in the cold, and all of a sudden your glasses, when you come in, um, oh, yeah. but, but he's yep. here, but he's kind of in the background, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. he, he's operating, but it's not going to be quite so obvious. And, and in those times in our own life, I, I think that's when we need to realize, okay, this is the time for repentance. When mm -hmm. I can't see Jesus clearly, that probably means because I'm a sinful person in the sinful world. So, all right, I just need to repent, and, and he'll come back. And I, I think once you repent, then all of a sudden the goggles clear up and, and the clarity comes. Uh, but without that repentance, as we see, that's the sadness, that's the tragedy, because there is no repentance here. You and I can read it and say, well, can't you see what's wrong? But obviously right. the people in this story don't. Yeah. And this is, uh, I wanted to just touch on one more thing before we dig in, because I think it's a good theme for us uh, to remember. You said in Second uh, Kings, when we talk about Solomon, when he seeks wisdom, um, and, and, uh, excuse me, uh, first Kings is that it seeks wisdom that something he should have also prayed for was faith. 
And that's really struck me that, you know, often we will pray for our kids. And, and, I, and I, you know, I have a lot of grandparents that I know. They pray for their grandchildren for faith. But I, I never really thought about how we should pray ourselves. Lord, keep me in the faith. Strengthen my faith. And that goes right along with what you're saying about repentance, because that's what these guys needed to pray for was faith. And I think that's an important piece for us to remember in our individual lives is to pray for faith because what they're doing is not out of the realm for us either. So any thoughts on praying for faith before we dig in? Well, see, now you've actually touched my heart when you bring up the whole grandparent thing because that, that's what I am, and I got a bunch of them. Uh, and, and, and you know what? See, that moves me to repent because how often do I pray for their success and their happiness, which is not – of course we want our kids to be successful and happy. But, but see, maybe it'll take a little bit of struggle. Maybe it'll take a little cross and trial. But if that's necessary that they have faith, all right. But no one wants that. But but if that's what it's necessary that they would believe and trust in Jesus, well, then we should probably pray for that as well. Um, so, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. So, so that's my encouragement to our listeners. Pray for faith. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit's work. It's the Lord's work. Um, we pray we stay in the faith and that his holy angels will watch over us and the evil foe may have no power over us. And so that's uh, that's what we pray for this morning. And we pray for that faith as we study today. So let's open up our Bibles and let's get started. We are. Can I say just one? And you have something more. After all that, you have something more. Okay. Well, no, just I just to to give people a structure of what we're going to do here. (laughs) Okay, go for it. This chapter is very nicely structured. It starts with a good king of Judah. It ends with a good king of Judah. And in between, uh-huh. as you said, I, I don't know, I lost track because the kings that are mentioned here, it's just like, oh, here's a couple verses. He's gone. Here's another. Co- yeah, it, it's it's just like they come and go, like you said, like a runaway train. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's the structure. Good king, a bunch of, oh, I don't know, just terrible kings can yeah, even call yeah. them kings of Israel. And then again, one good king of Judah. But there's a really important lesson that it's that it's not what you expect. It's not what you expect. I'm just telling people the lesson here is not what you might expect. Okay. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to wait from you for you from now on. So we are ready. We're ready? <laughs> yeah, we're ready. <laughs> All right. A reminder to our listeners, we're reading from the English Standard Version of Holy Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 15. We'll start with the first seven verses. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. And the Lord Yahweh touched the king, so that he was a leper of the day of his death, to the day of his death. And he lived in a separate house. And Jotham the king's son was over the household governing the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah, excuse me, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Joseph, Jotham, his son reigned in his place. Now, I don't want us to quite get to the leper part, uh, quite yet. Okay. Um, but it okay. does give us some good news here at the very beginning. So yeah. tell us about uh, 
Azariah. Azariah. All right, so, so here's the thing. If you and I were writing this, we would have the story of the king of Judah, Azariah. I think that's why we don't like to do kings, because it's too hard to pronounce the name. That's exactly right. Give me yeah. Mark, Luke. Yeah. Uh, so John. we would write and we'd have John, thank you, Brady. Uh, um, so, so we'd have a story and we'd have this really good king of Judah. He's in the line of David and everything. And then we have all these evil, wicked kings from Israel. But, but see, isn't it interesting? That's not the story. We've got a good king, but nevertheless, nevertheless. Right. Uh, and right. I got to talk to you about that word because uh, I don't usually get too excited about adverbs. But I happened to actually <laughs> look this word up. Uh, and I'm, I have to think the spirit led me to this because I don't have any idea why I would have looked it up. But, but you know what that word literally means? Like the base meaning of that word? Of, of nevertheless, okay. like in 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 Hebrew, or are you talking yeah. English? Yeah, in Hebrew, in Hebrew. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. all right, all right. I don't, I don't know. Give it to us. Okay, well, I didn't either. I didn't either. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just happened to stumble across it, and, 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 but it actually means to be thin, and, mm, okay. and it comes from a passage in Genesis where Pharaoh is telling Joseph his dreams, and remember, Pharaoh has a mm, dream about mm-hmm. what was it? Cattle, cattle, yeah. Uh, Like seven big fat cows, and then there were seven thin cows. And it's the same word, the exact same word. And, of course, the thin cows go and they devour up the uh, the fat cows. And what's really ironic is they're still thin. (laughs) They don't (laughs) get fat. Uh, And and so it dawned on me, I I think this word, nevertheless, especially in the Book of Kings, is, is kind of word of, it's an ominous word. It's a word like, well... Yeah, we've got this prosperity, and yet there's this thinness, there's this lacking, see? Uh, and you see that, well, you, you see it in the story of David, because the story of David ends with, with uh, the, the author telling us that David was a great king. He followed, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, we have the story of Uriah, it, it says in uh, 1 Kings 15.5. And, and you've got the same thing here. You've got this really good King Azariah, but nevertheless, no, 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 there was still this terrible flaw in him uh, that he didn't deal with the high places. Of course, you, you brought up Chronicles. If we read Chronicles, we'd find out that he also usurped the position of priest. He wanted to be king and priest, burnt mm, incense mm-hmm. in the temple. Uh, Chronicles right. actually tells us that's why he got the leprosy. Uh, mm-hmm. But but anyway, so I just so and you're going to hear that word again. It comes up over and over again in the Book of Kings, and I never noticed that. So just as people are reading it, if they hear the word, nevertheless, have that kind of thought as as God wanted to give us something big and fat, and yet our sinfulness, our thinness, somehow mm-hmm. takes that away. Yeah, and that's why to read this is interesting. That's why the context of First Second Chronicles is a vital part of this. And that's something I, you know, um, I was thinking about how, boy, we could do 1st, 2nd Kings and 1st, 2nd Chronicles. And boy, my Lord have mercy, it's going to be a long time. And that's part <laughs> of the struggle. But here, it really captures that reality. You read this, and it's like, he was a faithful king. Nevertheless, as you said, they still were oh. making high places. They were just seemed to never be able to get, get rid of that. Well, later on, we find out a little more of that, but never able to get rid of it. And then it's like, and he gave him leprosy. And you're like, well, that's yeah. kind of yeah. a jerk move. I mean, he didn't do it the other guys. What's going on? <laughs> but here we do see how serious the Lord takes the worship life 
of in the temple. And he obviously went against uh, the, the I guess he went against the rules in the, the worship life and the order and the way that God wanted it to be done. So on top of that, he grew proud. It talks about this in Second Chronicles 26 as well. His fame spread. Um, he was strong, very much so lost sight of God. So it wasn't like he'd made a mistake. And like, oh, I'm just going to burn this incense. It's no big deal. No, it was part of the pride. Pride comes before the fall, as we as we as we speak. And it just was something where he had lost faith in the midst of it, and that's where leprosy came in as well. Once again, why we need to pray for faith for others and for ourselves as well. Other thoughts on these verses? Well, and you you can see why the author of Chronicles includes those details that aren't mm-hmm. included in the Book of Kings, because the problem for the people in Chronicles is we're back. We've got our temple again. We're back in our homeland. And what's the danger? You're going to get proud. You're going to forget why you lost your homeland, see? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and then, of course, that's the other thing about Chronicles. If you do Chronicles, it'll it'll be fun because it's all about the temple because that's what we got. See, we don't have our kingship yet. But but the author is saying, all right, don't worry about that. God gave you the temple. He'll give you the king in due time. But you're right. Focus on the proper worship, because that's what got us in trouble in the first place, is that we weren't worshiping God truly. And isn't it ironic when Jesus shows up? That's exactly the problem, isn't it? They've taken the temple and made it into a den of thieves. But that's another story for another time. Absolutely. Um, Wow, that's good. That's very good. Um, So let's continue on. You got anything more on there? Should we move on? Well, I, 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 did you want to talk about the leprosy here? Uh, oh, um, yeah. That just to, to me it was to me it was just simply it seemed to come out of nowhere, and this is where Second Chronicles gives us more insight. But you can touch on it more if you wish. Well, it's just see, I, I've got the advantage that I'm retired. So I could never do this when I was doing what you were doing. I don't know how you do this anyway, being a, do this every day uh, as sure. a pastor. But but so I did stumble across this business about he lived in a separate house. Oh, and, sure. And yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is, is any value, but it's funny. We don't know what that word means because this is the only place in the Bible that the word is used. <laughs> hmm. oh, <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Uh, and so the separate, the separate translation comes because, well, he's a leper. So I guess then he can't be together with any other people. So we translate it separate. But it's interesting that actually the, the Hebrew root, uh, and this isn't coming from me because I ain't that smart, but, but you know, Kyle Dalich, right? Did, did oh, yeah. your generation, do you use Kyle Dalich? Cause that was our Old Testament commentary. I do. <laughs> okay. We have it. We have, I have it sitting right there. Of course, you know, I got it from my father. So it's not something I bought ah. on my own, but yes, that's kind of how I got of it. Of course. <laughs> I would give it to my grandkids if they went into the ministry too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful. father thing. Yeah. I, I yep, had that. Right. Well, well, anyway, so, so his, his point is it's actually the, the Hebrew word, there's actually the word for freedom. So it's oh, literally okay. the free house. And in fact, in the Greek, that's what it's called. It's called the free house. And, and But what does that mean? I, I don't know. Uh, Kyle Baelich, uh, you know, those guys suggest that it means that he's actually free now because he's a leper. So you think mm. about leprosy being bad, but when you're a leper, you don't have any responsibilities anymore. Right. So his son literally has to step in and start doing the, the, the daily business of, of ruling the kingdom because king uh, Azariah, he's he's off on some other place. So I don't know. I just thought that was a, a little bit of trivia uh, yeah. and I thought it was interesting. So anyway, enough of that. 
So we definitely have a situation where we've heard some good things. So the leprosy obviously yeah. is not good. The pride was not good. But there's some good things going on. And we will see that later on in, in Jotham. Um, uh, there's some good things there as well. But now we're going to like this is where the runaway, runaway train starts to happen. And it really comes to a head in Chapter 17. It's very helpful. And that's why I encourage our listeners. 15 and 16 are vital for you to understand the fall in chapter 17. So we have we have we have good guests coming up in 16 and 17. And so just keep track of that. But now we see not only um, uh, some evil, there's been evil <laughs> throughout, but then we're going to start seeing less and less of Jehu's mixed results, I guess you would say, the end yes. of his lineage. And at the same time, it, things just seemingly get worse. So let's let's get to this before our break. I want to read verses 8 through 12 before our break. In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria six months. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord Yahweh, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which had made Israel to sin. Shalom, the king of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him down at Iblim and put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Zechariah, behold, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. This was the promise the Lord Yahweh had gave to Jehu. Your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. So this is where I see, I really see that runaway train be manifested in the lack of time that he actually reigns is that not only the lack of time, but how he gets out. It was not a natural death. It was something else. We've heard a little bit of conspiracies before this, but now it comes full bore. So, Pastor, what do you see in these verses about the next two minutes before our break? All right, well, and, and here's the other detail that just confirms what you're saying, that things are just really getting out of control. Because it's not only that he he's killed. Uh, uh, there's actually a coup that goes on here. I, I have no idea why the uh, ESV says, and it struck him down. Shalom struck down uh, at Iblium, which makes it sound like it's a place name, uh, because actually the, the word there in the Hebrew simply means amongst the peoples are in front mm, of the mm -hmm. peoples. And that's how most translations do it. I have no idea why ESV goes with Iblium, because if you go to the NASB or the King James, it says in front of the people, because the point is, this is how bad it is. We've had we've had kings unseated before by intrigue, but never in public. In front of all the people, oh, like mm -hmm. this is no big deal. Yeah, you don't like him. I don't like him. We're going to kill him and I'm going to take over the throne. Uh, so you're right. This is remarkable and that this is a total. Like I said, it's been done in the past, but it's always been done in secret. Uh, but this is done right out in public. That That's the emphasis here in the text. And so we see at the at the end in verse 12, and I want to touch this uh, before we go to our break, is it says, this was a promise of the Lord that he gave to Jehu, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And and Zechariah is the fourth um, of that lineage. Yep. So you do see some of this God kind of holding on to the kings and giving them a second, third, now fourth chance um, because Jehu did pretty well, not great, but did pretty well. And, and now, as it was promised in chapter 10, verse 30, that this was the fourth generation. And you see it even more. Then it really starts to fall after Zechariah and that promise that was given in chapter 10. Any last thoughts before our break? 
Uh, no, but we definitely need to get back to this promise of the Lord because that's the one little bit of gospel that we're going to have in this train, uh, runaway train that you're talking about. But we can talk about that after the break. Well, we need to take our break. We are studying 2 Kings chapter 15 with Pastor John Lekomsky, and we'll be right back. The trained soldiers of the Army National Guard are a new generation of leaders called to serve and make a difference. Do you want to make a difference? During our Hiring Days event, May 10th to June 14th, we're hiring highly motivated candidates for part-time careers in the Army National Guard. You can work or attend college full-time while you earn a paycheck and great benefits. Learn more about serving part-time in the Army National Guard at nationalguard.com slash hiring days. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. KFUO has been a part of the family, in a sense, for many, many, many years. We stayed home and listened to KFUO, and we loved doing that. Really appreciate all the work that goes into everything that you do here. For so many people to be able to hear the gospel, what a blessing that is. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Worldwide KFUO. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. And welcome back. We are studying 2 Kings chapter 15 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And Pastor, we ended with, uh, with we're hearing the promise, the promise that they he was going to be patient with Israel to the fourth generation of Jehu, who, as we know, was was very faithful in many ways, but probably the most faithful if you look at the history of, of the kings of Israel since Jeroboam. Um, but even he didn't do great, but there was a promise there. You want to talk a little more about the promise? Well, okay, so when I hear this and you talk about the fourth generation, I think of that passage where uh, in, in the uh, commandments where it says God mm. will visit his wrath until the third and fourth generation, but his mercy unto a thousand generations. And, and I think that disturbs us. So to the third and fourth generation, God, you know, visiting the, 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 the fathers, uh, the children of the fathers. But, but see, mm. the thing is, is the point of that message is, is that God's wrath is always limited, okay? Uh, okay. And the point of that message is God wants to give even sinful people a second chance. And and I think you really hit it before we took the, the, the little break there. Yeah, four generations he waited. 
And, and he could have stopped it a lot sooner. You know, he could have put an end to this. This, But no, that was the promise he made. He kept that promise. And that could have gone on. All they needed to do was the operative word you brought up, repent. If at any mm-hmm. point these kings had repented, they might have gone on to the fifth, to a thousand generations. See, that's the point. Uh, I, I thought that there's, there's no limit to the mercy of God. There is a limit to the wrath of God. Thank heavens for that. But mm-hmm. you're right. That's what we've come to here. That, that We've come to the limit. We've come to the promise uh, that I've made you. There is no change. There is no repentance. Uh, you're just doing like the sins of your fathers. And so now uh, we're, we're going to bring it all to an end. But see, here's the cool thing. What, well, no, I'm going to save that till the end. When we get to the good king of Judah, I'll, I'll say it. Ah, okay. Because so isn't, better... is, isn't it interesting that he doesn't bring the kings of Judah to an end? Because they're just as wicked and evil as anybody else. Right. You know? Right. Well, okay. They're anyway, slightly, we'll save that for the end. They're slightly better, I would say, is probably the best way to say it. They have mixed results as opposed to just some, evil results. Some yeah. of them are, but, but <laughs> tomorrow you've got a guy that could be just as wicked as any of these guys. Yeah, that's true. From, that's true. Yeah. Severia. Looking forward right. to that. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. So verses 13 through uh, 16. Now, a reminder, one of the ways things changed, too, was that he died in office, and it was because of a conspiracy yeah. only six months think about that you think six months uh, this is kind of like a joke of a president who got the who got the flu and he was there for a couple weeks well this one he didn't wear his jacket at the at the inauguration so he dies <laughs> you know, this one. <laughs> so anyways so now we have shalom uh, verses 13 and it gets 16. better you think six months yeah, was something i know six months is nothing shalom. compared to this yeah, yeah. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, began to reign in the 39th year of Uzziah, the king of Judah. No, no, hold and on just a second. I don't mean to interrupt that? you, but, but, but we need, everyone needs to know that this is also uh, Azariah, right? Isn't this right. the same guy? Yep. Why they changed the name, I don't know. So it, we're still yeah. talking about the guy we started with in Judah. And, yeah, sorry. And Second Chronicles says Uzziah as well. And that's, yeah. and that's another yeah. distinction there. Um, where were we? So, uh, reigned, and he reigned one month in Samaria. <laughs> then Menahem, the son of God. Came up from Tirzah and came to Samaria and struck down Shalom, the son of Jabesh in Samaria, and put him to death and reigned in his place. Now, the rest of the deeds of Shalom and the conspiracy that he made, behold, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. At that time, Menahem sacked Tipsha and all who were in it and its territory from Tirzah on, because they did not open it to him. Therefore, he sacked it. And he ripped open all the women in it who were pregnant. So we'll, we'll start with the <coughs> kind of interesting part is that he takes over. Obviously, he didn't start his uh, kingdom well uh, to, to have no. a conspiracy and kill the other guy does not necessarily mean you're going to have a fruitful and peaceful life. But how long does he last? No, no who are we talking about? Should we're talking we? about Shalom. Shalom. Yeah, yeah. So for a month. For a month. For a lasts. month. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. so you were talking about six these... months. This guy makes yeah. a month. Um, <laughs> and, and the other thing is, is there's no dynasty anymore. You right. know, I mean, the whole deal is you get to be king and then your son gets to be king. And then you're and, and we did that for Yehu until the fourth generation. But now, no, we don't even get past one generation. And, and it's not like right. this uh, Menahem was such a great guy because <laughs> he's just terribly brutal. People oppose yeah. him. He just goes and kills and make sure you don't have any children either. So because that's what the significance of ripping open the right. women who were pregnant. So they're uh, uh, yeah, just terribly, terribly cruel. 
but this is what happens when you leave the, the grace and mercy of God. When you leave repentance, then you get what you get. And, and there ain't much. No. Yeah. No, absolutely. So things are, this is where everything is really going down real quickly. And it, there, no matter what you say in the Old Testament, there still was a respect for people. You can tell this because they're working with Syria. They're working with um, Phoenicia. They're looking, they're working with Egypt. They're working with these countries. It's not like everybody was just going after each other and destroying each other. But we're starting to see um, the reality of the, the depth of sin that can be in humanity. Um, that was not always there in, in the kingdoms and the surrounding areas. And now th- that's why this one really struck me. And there's other ones that do too, but this one really struck me when he goes in um, because they did not open it to him. Meaning it was just simply, you didn't listen to me, you're out. Um, and that is in contrast, like you're saying, of the four generations that the Lord was patient and this guy was only in for what a month or you know, not very long, and then yet yeah. he still was not patient, and it just reminds us of our need for the Lord. Other thoughts on these verses? Well, well, and see, thank you for what you just said because it it it, it reminds me. This is how God punishes us. He just mm-hmm. lets us have our way. You know, He doesn't have to do mean, evil things. He just lets people be their sinful selves, and then mm-hmm. you get cruelty, like like you said here. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. So let's keep moving along here because I'm looking forward to what you're going to say with the promise in Judah at the end. So uh, and plus, let's be honest, the Israel guys aren't doing so well. So 17 no, through no. 22, <laughs> we'll keep going. In the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, the son of Gadi, began to reign over Israel and he reigned 10 years in Samaria. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which he made Israel to sin. Pool, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pool a thousand talents of silver, that he might help him to confirm his hold on the royal power. Menahem exacted his money from Israel, that is, from all the wealthy men, fifty shekels of silver from every from every man, to give the king give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there there in the land. Now the rest of the deeds of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Menahem slept with his fathers, and Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. So, okay, so what do you want to do with this? (laughs) <laughs> with men. Well, well, okay, just, just a few, let's throw a few. Uh, we have this constant reference to the book of the Chronicles, but my understanding, that is not our book of the Chronicles. Is mm-hmm. that your right. understanding? Right, exactly. Okay, yeah, so let's make that else, clear. Yep. This is this is a different, that we don't have anymore. Uh, I, I think the other thing that's noteworthy here is this repetition, and he did what was evil in the sight, uh, literally in the eyes of the Lord, uh, which is the phrase they use at the beginning. I don't know why they changed it to sight here, but it's the exact same phrase, over and over again. You're either doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord, or you're doing what is evil in the eyes mm. of the Lord. That's a big point that the author repeats over and over again, and we've got a guy doing evil. And don't you love the bit about Assyria? Because, of course, mm. we know how the story ends, and we know this is, as you said, this is the beginning of the end here. Assyria steps in, oh, we're going to pay Assyria off, but not for long, <laughs> you no. know. It was just like World War II. You give Hitler a little bit, and Hitler's going to take more. Uh, mm. I think we all know that whole policy of conciliation just didn't work out really well. And it ain't going to work out really well here either with the king of Assyria. 
Um, so, but but again, at least he does reign for ten years. That's remarkable yeah. for such a brutal man. And his son does succeed him. So, yep, a little and better than and what we had. Something yeah. I something I noticed as well from from Shalom. He he doesn't even say he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He wasn't in long enough to even evaluate <laughs> this. You know, he was out, and so I, that's what amazed me about Shalom when I read that. I was like, he doesn't even really give him any credit. Not even saying he's evil. He's just like, well, he's in, he's out. End of story. You know. Um, so, so, so so there is there is an Assyrian <laughs> record about Shalom. And it tickled me what you said because it because the Assyrian record said he was called the son of a nobody. <laughs> that's what the Assyrian king called the son of a nobody. And that's uh, what he was. The one yeah. we don't speak of. The the one we don't yeah. speak of. Yeah. Yeah, we don't so, even need bother. Yeah. It, yeah. So we get to Menahem, and and it's kind of the, the same thing going on. But I, I think it is important that it shows that he's trying to keep the Assyrians within the good he, to be in their good graces, you know, to yeah. hold on to the Royal power, which is a reminder for us of, of to seek that kind of power does not have good results. Cause you're not seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, help me in this. You're simply just trying to do the worldly ways to stay in power. Not even like, cause it, it, obviously they worked with other kingdoms. Like I always go back to Phoenicia, but Phoenicia, they, they use their wood in order to build the temple. I mean, it's not like they yeah. were against yeah. this. They, you know, they, there was marriage with, with the Egyptians and all this kind of stuff. But here it is totally just about power. I'll give you this and then we'll be good. Right. But that never does well because the love of money is the root of all evil. That's kind of what's going on. Boy, and Brady, see, you've hit, you've hit upon the whole heart of this. You've hit upon the whole heart of this because it's the same thing with the Kings of Judah. When they turn to the Lord, things are all right. But they're constantly trying to solve things with their own wisdom and their own works. And that just never, that never comes out good. It always brings evil. And you're, that's the problem here. And mm. what he needed to do, I, need, I think he's smart enough to know that Assyria is going to be a big problem. He should have been praying to the Lord and right. maybe things would have been different. But no, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. That's what he's trying to do, trying to buy his way out of trouble. How often do we try to do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when what we really right. need to do is repent and turn to the Lord. And again, right. it's not to say that that using money to solve problems is a bad thing. We're not saying that. But right. but as you said, when you're doing that just for your own power and your own resources, no, no, that'll never. If you use it because God's given it to you, yeah, that, that's a good thing. That's what he gave mm-hmm. it to you is mm-hmm. to help solve your problems. But yeah, all right. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. And I, we could probably run with that for a long time. But I'm, I'm going to continue on because it just gets more crazy. So uh, 23 through 27. In the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah. Now, reminder, um, Azariah is in there a long time. There's a lot that's happened to Israel and Azariah is still the king. And so this is about a 50 year time period that we get in this chapter. So Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned two years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which he made Israel to sin. And Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, his captain, conspired against him with 50 men of the people of Gilead and struck him down in Samaria in the citadel of the king's house with Argob and Aria. And he put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Pekahiah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. Okay, so what happened here? 
Well, okay. First of all, I want to say thank you for that. Cause see, I, I read this text over and over and I never noticed that the constant reference to the 50th year of Azariah, we'll get the 52nd mm-hmm. year in just a moment. And, and man, that's, that's the point, isn't it? So we got a guy that's doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord and, and he's sticking around. His reign is going on. We've got a whole bunch of people who's, no, they're all doing evil, the exact yeah. opposite, and mm-hmm. that's going to be short and, and brutal and terrible endings, except, of course, in that case where God had made a promise that there it went a little bit better. But once that promise had expired, well, then there's just no hope. And again, uh, uh, the dynasty's at an end. We have another violent turnover. So none of these people are really legitimate kings, right? Because mm-hmm. a king mm-hmm. is someone that God appoints. A king doesn't take that position on his own. It's given to him. But that's not what's going on in Israel anymore. This is just brutal uh, uh, dictators, uh, tyrants, whatever wicked word you want to use. People just seizing power to seize power without any really regard for kingdom or God or anything like that. Now, this kind of brings me back a little bit to the pursuit of power, because we see it here. I want the power. I'm going to destroy the king. Um, And then I will take over. And then you don't think about the consequences of, wait a second, I took out the king. And then, therefore, there will be others who want to take (laughs) me out. You know, you don't even think about that. You know, there's somebody else there. And so this is a a good reminder for us. What? Why is it so attractive to try to... um, um, to get power, I think I'm thinking about our everyday life now, and and how uh, short sighted that really is. Uh, I don't know any thoughts on that. Well, yeah, no, that that's that's another very powerful lesson because we do we think it's all about our power, it's our our vengeance upon other people so we can get our way, and, and this is what you get. I, I, you hit it right on the head again, there, Brady. So if you're seeking it by your work and your effort, you should know there's somebody else who's gonna. Do you in because of his work and his effort. And, and this is not totally the opposite of how the kingdom began, where, where a prophet went and he anointed a man and said, that man is now your king. Uh, and mm-hmm. in fact, Jeroboam started that way. He didn't take the kingship on his own, but God came and said, I'm going to make you. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. But, but OK, well, there you go. Yeah, it's and all it- gone wrong. And it's really kind of fascinating because it's it's something where uh, they the problem uh, they tried to solve the problem with basically another problem and then think that yeah. that's going to solve the problem. <laughs> and so it's really a uh, the runaway train analogy. I think, like you said, is, is helpful. And for us to realize in our own lives that if we and we look at this, we can look at some decisions we made in life. And say, you know, if I would have stopped there and said, you know what, that was wrong. I'm going to change my way now. Then you would, it would have, it would have gotten better. You would have been in a new direction. I would have had this fruitfulness in this way or that way. But yet, I continued, and it just got worse. And that's exactly what we're seeing, especially with a lack of faith that's happening these days. So, so, so pretty. I'm sure you've counseled any number of people, and as they tell their story, you realize you're just hitting your head on a brick wall over and over and over again. Maybe if you'd stop hitting your head on the brick wall, (laughs) maybe things would be better. But you're right. That is the pattern of our sinful behavior, that we just keep doing things that we know are wrong, and it's just going to make it worse. But there's hope. There's going to be hope hope. before we're done with this. Yeah, There's hope. We're going to get there. So let's go to Pika. Maybe this is isn't the part to get hold. But yeah, Pika, no, no. <laughs> in the 52nd year of Azariah, once again, 52 years, Pika, the son of Remaliah, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned 20 years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. 
He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which had made Israel to sin. In the days can, can of I Pekah, can, can I, go ahead. I, I just because again, it just struck me. See, so we've got a guy that ruled for six months. We got a guy that ruled for a month. Now we had a guy for ten, and what was this? Twenty. Twenty. Yep. And, and that might puzzle us. Well, why doesn't God just wipe these guys out? Because they all did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. But can't you see? That's because He's a God of mercy. He doesn't want you to think, oh, yeah, you do evil. I'm going to whip you down right now. No, no. A lot of times he lets the evil go on because he's a God of mercy, because he actually hopes that maybe these people will repent. Okay, so if you're doing something evil right now, if you're listening to us and you're thinking, well, God hasn't done anything to me, I guess I don't No, no. God's trying to give you a chance to do just what Brady said a moment ago. He's Hmm. given you a chance to say, yeah, maybe I need to stop doing this. (laughs) Okay, before the whole consequence falls upon me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally something you see in movies and everything. It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this and see if God strikes me down. If he doesn't strike me yeah. down instantly, then obviously it's not a bad thing. Well, that's totally not true in the scriptures. God, for whatever reason, is is more patient than we ever imagined. Sometimes he does things we don't understand. Like it's an instant, yeah. you know, you you touch the uh, you touch the ark of the covenant, therefore you're gone, kind of thing. But overall, vast majority of the time, he's very patient. It's not a one time deal. Sometimes he lets us lets us go down on the runaway trains. So yeah. let's continue throughout this. So 29. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath-Pelezer, king of Assyria, came and captured Ejon, Abel-Beth-Mekah, Genoah, Kadesh, Hazar, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried the people captive to Assyria. Then Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and struck him down and put him to death, and reigned in his place in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the king, kings of Israel. So here, Pastor, we get a we get a feel for how Assyria is growing in power and what is surrounding them. So the people, I think, like um, Hosea is getting anxious. He's not going to do anything about it. I will take over and I will solve this problem. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, it's just the same pattern, isn't it, Brady? Uh, mm-hmm. And in all of this, the Lord is simply saying, all you got to do is turn to me. I, I can take care of the Assyrians. Uh, and, and you know that. You know <laughs> what I did against yeah. the Egyptians. But no, no, see, there, there, you, you said it. There's, there's just literally no faith here. These people have totally turned in on themselves and on their own works. And, and so there's no other end uh, except Assyria is going to come. And, and finally take over everything and take them all away. And that'll be the end. We, we will not know anything of the Northern Kingdom anymore. And we do not know anything of it today. No. So the question is, why do we still know about the Southern Kingdom? Why do we know about the King of Judah? That's the big question. Yeah. Uh, and we'll answer yeah. that when we read the last story here. All right, let's do it. No, I'm going to do this first. Are you going to interrupt me halfway through the reading or we can get through the whole thing? I don't know. The Spirit just moves me. The Spirit just moves me. I love it. I love it. Okay, we'll continue to the end. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. According to all this, the father Uzziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not removed. 
The people still sacrificed and made offerings in the high places. He built the upper gate to the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles and the kings of Judah? In those days, the Lord began to send Arazan, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. Jotham, Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. Now, Pastor, I want to uh, um, I want to ask one quick question. I think we can ask this sure. question. Um, got this from the uh, from a listener that said, "What's up with the names?" Basically, this uh, paraphrase that part is uh, P- Pekahia and and Pika. Um, they're so similar. Is there is do the letters I mean something in Hebrew? Did you, did you find anything on that? I I really I, don't. Know. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't have anything yeah. on that at all. Yeah, uh, it, it, I'm sure there probably is something there. Those names usually have some kind of mean. Uh, right. Yeah, but no, I don't have any answers to that. Yeah, and one of the I mean, I've I've said this many many times throughout our book or two books here, but there's, there's one person highlighted that not only do their sins start to look the same, but also their names, and so oh, he, he found that there point. was a there was a connection in that too. But there's probably more language there. So if anybody has an answer to that, send us an email, and we'll try to highlight that in the next few programs. So, but now we're in Jotham. And and he does right in the sight of the Lord. What are your thoughts on these last verses? All right. Well, well, and, and here's the thing. Uh, he's trying his best. He, he can't get those high places. What is the deal with the high places, Brady, that we can't get rid of them? They love no. them. Uh, and you've got that nevertheless again. Remember that we talked about it <laughs> at the beginning is, of yeah. our thing. So, that I mean, we've got we've got the fullness there, but there's the thinness that just keeps coming out and wants to devour the fullness. Um, but, but I think what's cool is that this rebuilding of the gates, uh, the gates there that it says that, oh, uh, man, where's the phrase? I can't find it. Um, uh, verse 35. Oh, the upper, the upper gate. gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the upper gate. Uh, so uh, what I didn't realize is the significance of that is that that's where you brought the sacrifices in. So mm-hmm. you can see what he's trying to do. He says, well, maybe if I make it more desirable, if I make it more beautiful, you know, make it mm. more appealing, maybe people will come to the temple where they need to come and make the sacrifice rather than sacrificing in the high places. So it's it's an honest attempt to address the issue of the high places by improving uh, the upper gate. But obviously it didn't, it didn't solve the problem. And, and, and here's the point, you see, um, it's not about being, uh, doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord, uh, because there's still going to be something that you're doing wrong, right? Mm-hmm, what's the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul say? And you can't do much better than doing right in the eyes of the Lord than the Apostle Paul, can you? I'm right. thinking he, he that would fit him, and yet Paul says, I'm the worst of sinners. In fact, Paul right. says, the good I want to do, I don't do, and the evil I don't want to do, I do. Because, see, that's the message of this text. It, it's not a matter of being a good king, because no one's a good king. David isn't a good king. He's a murderer. He's an adulterer. There's got to be something else, Brady. There's got to be something else. Mm. See? And the something else is why? Why is there still a kingdom of the South? Because God made a promise that the kingdom of David would be an everlasting kingdom, that it wouldn't come to an end. And that's the only reason things are still going in Judah. And that's the only reason that uh, the, the, the kingdom of Israel will still be there when Jesus Christ is born, because he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the son of David. And so all of this is pointing ahead to the fact that the only thing you can depend on is the promises God makes. And if God makes promises, even sinners, even sinners can be all right. 
Okay, mm-hmm. uh, not by their own work or effort. You you choose that path. You'll end up like Pika and Pika Kaya and all these other guys. <laughs> uh, but but uh, when you realize that there's a Lord that loves and forgives you, yeah, even sinners, even sinners will they'll be okay. Uh, uh, yeah. And as we look at this, one thing that really struck me is, as you said, he built the upper gate kind of as a, okay, all right, you guys are over there doing the high place thing, you know, um, and so instead of me calling that out and basically destroying those high places, I'll just kind of put this over here and see how, oh, well, look how good this is. Look how good this is. And what a tendency we all have. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I'm going to eat my cake and then I'll work out and everything's going to be fine. Well, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> ate the cake, you know, of course, don't tell me that I love cake. Um, but that's kind of how they went for it. And and it's just a reminder for us that, you know, Lord, help us to break these idols, help us to repent. Um, and then the ultimate promise that you said so well, over and over again, we're not able to do it. That's why we have the promise, which covers it all, has died for all, has done everything for us in Christ. Pastor, we have 30 seconds. How would you summarize this chapter? Well, I, I've been reading a book, and the book said uh, this is the summary of the Old Testament, uh, the inadequacy of man and the mercy of God. And have not we seen that through this whole story? We got good kings, we got bad kings, but none of them. None of them are, are righteous uh, in and of themselves. Uh, but we do have God. God is constantly being mercy. Even to the evil people. Isn't that remarkable? Even these evil mm. people. He gives them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. Uh, but what he really wants to give all of us is just his, his forgiveness. So God grant that we want that. Because that's what he'll give you. That He's just waiting for you to ask for it. And in fact, as you said earlier, the Holy Spirit actually gives us the power to even ask for it, doesn't it? Doesn't he? Yes, uh, Brady? he yeah, does. Yeah. Hey, it's fun again, Brady. It's so fun being with you. Pastor John Lekomsky, a co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO. Strengthen us by God's word in 2 Kings chapter 15. Pastor Lekomsky, thank you again for being our guest. Is he not there anymore? Must not be. Saints of our Lord, no matter who is our earthly king, we know that we have the King of Kings. We follow his way not to continue to offer sacrifices in the high places, but to worship the Lord who has pardoned all of our sins on account of Christ. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.